while the goal is getting. Getting, getting it already, already. Uh, welcome. I'm worried about it's the coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll show you come. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. Here hey, we welcome go. to the episode, guys. Yeah. Yeah, keep that in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking for jobs right now, so uh, I, I hope my four future employers find that. No. <laughs> Just I want them to know what kind of exactly who they're messing with. Oh man. That, that we're here. <laughs> we're back for another episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for Beyond the Board. Um, exciting stuff coming up um, very soon. This sounds like the end of the episode. We are starting it off um, going into the class of Rogue. We were supposed to release this last week, but what do you know? I had audio issues. So um, you know what, what it is. Yeah, if someone's gonna have issues, it's gotta be me. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it would be great. It would be so great if one of these two dudes weren't perfect and I could like roast them about something for once. But you know, listen, we, we're nothing if not consistent. Yeah, it, it's true. I, I I guess I'm just this, the screw up over here. <laughs> the the because we gave you the job. The oldest child. <laughs> so. It's hard to mess up when you don't have a lot of jobs. I just have to research the classes, and I know most of these, so it's just like walking back through the park. Yeah, he knows most of these, except for he can't play them worth shit. <laughs> That's like 80% true. <laughs> the We're only one I play well is Rogue. Only one I play well is a Rogue. Except That's what I'm here you for. I didn't know you had the ability sneak attack until like level 8, so. But yeah, but for that point, sneak attack's actually really good. So. <laughs> and and did I do work with the sneak attack once I knew about it? You, you did, you did, and I'm I'm very happy. I'm glad it took like six months IRL to get you there, but it did work out. So uh, <laughs> it didn't take as long to figure out what I had in my alcohol. <laughs> so we're here, and sneak attack is very much what we're talking about. We are talking about the sneaky daredevil rogues this week um so um i'm not gonna explain a whole lot about rogues as we normally do with other classes i think we pretty much know what they are they're those sneaky assassins thieves burglars they come up a lot in fantasy genres from bilbo baggins to um huey from the boys there is so many different variants of these rogue-esque characters that like we pretty much know exactly what we're talking about you just have to have the right vision in mind um and they are very popular for a reason especially in DD. um we have a lot of podcasts that have really shown how broken rogues can be uh liam o'brien's character from critical role is example one um and there there's a reason for that and let's dive right into this character um rogues as we always talk about um with their saving throws can you guess which ones they are boys you got that dex and uh, intelligente yeah yeah i'm sure you guys have it pulled up i do too no, so, i just remember <laughs> this is like i said this, this is, is round two. i actually I'm, know. I'm wearing a blindfold i'm going in completely blind <laughs> just like colin and his character sheet hey <laughs> um so yes <laughs> their saving throws are dexterity and intelligence reasons why well for all things rogues have to be dexterous they are nothing if not dexterous they have to be sneaky, they sneak around, do a lot of stealth stuff, you can think of assassins, they have to pinpoint their target, move in stealthily, take him out, um, seal team six vibes and get out of there. Um, daggers, shooting bows. They have, they have to rely heavily on their dexterity abilities. Intelligence, you can also think of this as, you know, take the assassin again, or like a cat burglar. They study the target, they make sure they watch them for days or like this artifact take notes uh national treasure vibes they go in through the sewer into the preservation room they map out and they use these high intelligence points to know exactly when the perfect time to strike is that's what rogues are for now characters may not always be as intelligent as the rogues are but that's a whole different story <laughs> call them <clears throat> um, <laughs> just just kidding i feel like i put a lot of heat on him and we've only been going for like three minutes so i'm gonna reel it back my bad dude um <laughs> jesus <laughs> so uh, you have to care about yourself to care what others think about you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Buddy, do you want a hug? You want a hug? Virtual hugs. Bring it in, guys. Let me, let me just go to <laughs> Denver? Where the fuck are you? Yeah, close enough. I'm in Montana. Damn, <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. It's up north. It's up by the Canada. I'm pretty close. Somewhere. I was going to say, I'm pretty close by Canada. Yeah. Um, so rogues are very cool for that reason. Every, anytime you have a, um, a saving throw in dexterity, it's always nice because there are a lot of things that come up with dexterity Dexterity saving throws. All of a sudden the ground disappears, dexterity saving throw. You slip, falling off a cliff, dexterity saving throw. There's a lot of things that come up that make them very versed in this, and it's very nice. Um, rogues have a wide variety of abilities that make them, what's the word? good is that the right word for this <laughs> versatile versatile i think broken is the word we're looking for at least oh, at least that's, that's the word at least that's the word i'm thinking of um so starting at you level say broken i say fun broken fun it all depends on what perspective you have on it if it's a dm Broken. maybe broken if it's a player oh yeah this is the best time i love one-shotting bosses that the dm worked on for like months for a plot no big deal whatsoever um, maybe that's why you feel the flame towards me while we're talking about this <laughs> maybe maybe it's just like i just get like this subtle twitch in my neck every time we talk about rogues and i don't know what it's about the kids call it ptsd <laughs> we can call it that yeah uh, <laughs> D D ptsd <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, so um, they get hit hard at level one, meaning they have a quite a bit powerful level one starting and it just doesn't fall off from there. In fact, it gets crazy and we're just about to, we're going to dive hard into it right now. Level one, they get oh, expertise. Uh, you get to choose two of your skill proficiencies or one of your skill proficiencies and your proficiencies with another tool, such as thieves tools or something else. Uh, anyways, whenever you make a check with that specific thing, you get to add double your proficiency bonus. So at level one, well, your proficiency bonus is two, right? It's already yeah. plus four. So it's it makes you very, very versed in specific things. Um, and uh, I think there's only one other class that gets this and it's bard and bards have a lot more skills that they're very good in but there's a reason why rogues can roll like 37 plus stealth checks later on it's because of expertise so very good they get to choose two more when they get to level six so eventually they're going to have four skills that they just have bonus their proficiency in and again at level six that's pretty fucking already <laughs> yeah already you're pretty good at what you're doing um, and then they also get sneak attack. Now sneak attack is a very strong ability and um, 3.5, I actually don't think it was that strong. Um, and I think 5e had to do a whole rework of rogues to make them really stand out what they are now. Um, sneak attack, how it reads, is you know how to strike subtly and exploit a foe's distraction. Once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage on the attack roll. This stack must be finesse or a ranged weapon. No big deal, right? Um, this also increases as you level up through the class. So it eventually gets up to 10d6 at level 19. Wow, say that one more, one more time. 10d6, one more time. It's, it's messing with me, it's so strong. Like my tongue, I'm tight like a tiger. You know, so. Uh, it's tight like a tiger. Uh, it it's gets... not like you're doing a shitty Boston accent. Well, you know, <laughs> you've all been players in my games. I have nothing but shitty accents. So, <laughs> so it just... What is a DM except for their shitty accents? Exactly, exactly. And so it, 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 these sneak attacks do get up. They ramp up hard and fast. Um, and that's Damn on... Right. It's bonus damage once per turn if they have an advantage on top of all their other damage. By level 20... Who knows what magical items have been given you. Yes. And it's pretty easy to get advantage. It's very like, easy. How easy? Let me tell you. I have a story. <laughs> I Let me dive on it. I have had multiple... I don't think I've DM'd a game without a rogue in it. I'll be real. And um, one rogue player over the series of like six months, uh, IRL, I'll tell you this, they uh, developed uh friendships with polar bears they found it it was pulling a goblin cart in the icewind deal game and if you're dming that you know what i'm talking about and after very successful animal handling checks and over six months irl he eventually got to trust him like this guy 
every session. I'm gonna read to my bears. I'm gonna read them a bedtime story. I'm gonna make sure they have food. I'm gonna make sure they're, they're taken care of. I'm gonna I'm gonna brush them. Like he did the work, right? Colin, you were in that game. He kept, yeah, he kept asking every session. He's like, when the f do I get to utilize these guys? So and it, anyone who who DMs or who has been playing for a long time and knows like a sweet long build to a victory. The moment he got to sit astride that fucking polar bear and get sneak attacks with those poison daggers, ooh, baby. That's right. So that's what happened. After all these times, he took the um, uh, mounted combatant feat and using his daggers or rapiers or his bow, he was a rogue. He was able to, how the rules work with mount combatant is while you're mounted, you have advantage. Wouldn't the sneak attack come in? when you have advantage. So as long as he was on his mount, these bears, he was able to get sneak attack. It was very, very powerful. And (laughs) it's just every turn, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's flanking, he's on his polar bear. He can go wherever, he's gonna get sneak attack on the thing he hits. How? And we had a fighter. And we had a fighter who counted as flanking because they had their shield. So literally any time, even if he was on or off the bear, like the homie was doing things. It, it was it was really freaking crazy. Um, so that's Rogue's bread and butter. Um, and you think I would just stop there, right? Hell no, that's first level. Yeah, yeah. That, that's first level. <laughs> Take it from here. What, what do we got coming up next, man? Um, either Thieves Camp, which isn't really like a... a a thing but it is pretty cool but cutting action which you you got quick thinking and agility to allow you to move and act quickly you can take a bonus action on each turn in combat this action can be used to take a dash disengage or hide action and doing that without like taking a full action is very fucking advantageous yes you can still bounce out and shoot like a bow and arrow while you're within range because if you try to shoot a bow within range they get to take an attack of opportunity, but if you use your bonus action to dash out and then shoot them, yeah. you're you're not losing. And again, if somehow you get to a spot where you're flanking, you can get to a spot where you sneak attack. And the reason why they gave them this ability is because hide, right? You yep. hide, you go into, you're like, t- I imagine the creators of the rogue class were like, okay, they're going to move into initiative and they're gonna hide until the party engages them. Flanks to the right, stab, stab, bonus action, hide. It's kind of like playing Assassin's Creed. You wouldn't right. get their you attention sit, you and sit down bounce the off. <laughs> you sit down on the bench and the guards go right past you. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm glad I just remembered this because I brought it up when we first recorded it. And I think, like I said, it's very kind of slept on, but it's a very good tactic to know going in as your first time playing a rogue hold your action and be very specific for what you want to do right yeah because as a rogue you can set up to do some nasty shit just by holding your action and because of how dexterous you are you're usually going to be at the top so kind of waiting and holding can be very good for you yeah for sure um and so they get to take the hide action go hide roll that 35 plus stealth check typically and then pop right back in. No one's seen that. <laughs> no one's gonna see you. You could just like cover yourself with leaves at that point and just stand in the desert and be like, where those leaves are, I don't know. <laughs> you pull the SpongeBob, <laughs> you lay down and just pull sand over yourself. <laughs> it's like Scooby-Doo in the bush in the middle of the road, right? Just the, the <laughs> on the toes, like that's how it is and it works. This is too. <laughs> hey, I'm, that's what I'm here for, right? Um, <laughs> so they get a bunch of rogue shark types, which we will dive into separately in a minute. Um, but they get us some interesting abilities, which, you know, there are some ways to manipulate rogues on the battlefield, but they also get stuff in the kit that makes it a little tricky. They get uncanny oh God, dodge. Didn't even, yeah, I was going to say, we didn't even do, like, the even more broken shit yet, and I forgot. <laughs> they get uncanny dodge at level 5. When they get hit with an attack, you finally hit them. They can use their reaction to have the attack's damage. Whatever. No big deal, right? Oh, no, it's it's not once once per short rest or long rest it's just whenever they get hit it's not even once per turn <laughs> yeah there's no roll to it it's just whenever you're attacking it's you they could take half damage you roll crit no, you, no big deal it wasn't a crit anyways because it's a rogue they take half so whatever you have to sneak up on the rogue and it, the rogue usually has a pretty good inside check so good luck yeah right 
They get evasion at level 7, two levels later. They can nimbly dodge out of the way of certain area effects, such as Fireball, Red Dragon's Fire Breath, Ice Storm, what have you. Whenever they are subject to making a dexterity saving throw to take half damage, if they succeed, they take no damage. If they fail, they take half. Sure, it seems balanced enough, right? The oh, wait. Hand of God, <laughs> oh, wait. The hand of God comes down and drops five fireballs <laughs> on the area. The rogue puts Billy Maze comes th- down from the heavens and says, wait, there's more. The rogue puts, puts two middle fingers up in the air and just rolls successful. And this fire just kind of smolders around him. Sure, it makes sense in my mind. Um, reliable talent. Uh, ta- talent. Here we go again. Those damn rogues. Uh, talent. At 11th level, you re find your chosen skills until they approach perfection when you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus you can treat a d20 roll of nine or lower as a 10 you're not rolling lower than a 10 at level 11 on stealth checks sleight of hand checks uh perception checks whatever you've put proficiency points in athletics acrobatics whatever whatever your background gave you whenever you roll something with proficiency let's say oh this hurts my head. Let's say you multi-class as a bard and you get jack of all trades. Oh and you my have god. Half proficiency to every ability. You're not rolling lower than oh. a 10. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so welcome, <laughs> welcome to the game. <laughs> um that's that's fun. I've been right? playing this for years and that just broke my head. <laughs> it's it's a fun time, right? Going on! Level uh, 14, they get blind sense, meaning they can see invisible creatures within 10 feet of them. Not a whole long range, but think of that 10 feet in a diameter of you. It's, it's like Neji, as soon as you enter a circle, you're like locked in. Yeah, <laughs> he's they're gonna see you, uh, which is nuts. Okay. Hate trigrams. <laughs> 64 palm. palm. Sorry, you Damn said Neji, I have to every time. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. RIP, am I right? Um, God, that one hit me hard. I'm not gonna lie. I I got I got that one spoiled when I was finally watching it, and it's still no. Yeah. yeah, it was. I I I knew a lot of spoilers going into. It. I remember I sat down. I mean, yeah. One time I told him exactly everything I knew and exactly where I was at, and he was like, "You already know like half the show," and I was like, "Yeah, but it's hitting still." <laughs> yeah, the biggest one was Jiraiya for me. Yeah, I was I was gonna I say, that even if you well. know about and yeah, even if you know about that, when you watch the full sequence and the aftermath, ooh. See, I'm making my wife watch it right now, and like we're she liking it. She she likes it. She. Uh, she definitely likes Shippuden more than Shonen because Shonen, she's like, it's just so slow. Like, and I was like, yeah. Which is fair. That's honestly yeah, a very valid criticism. And um, it was like, older, so the animation isn't as, like, captivating. If it doesn't, if it didn't make uh, Shippuden hit even, like, hit as hard as it does, I would tell people to skip Shonen. Yeah, honestly. I did too. And I, I the only good leave. thing is, like, the Rock Lee fight and then the Sasuke Retrieval arc. Those yeah. are like the only two good arcs, and uh, fucking shoot me, I don't give a shit. Those are the only two, good, the only two good arcs in Naruto is the tuning exam, pain arc, um, and even not even the full tuning exam. It's specifically like the rock the death forest, and then oh, and, forest forest death. Death. and that's it. Okay. And, then, and then the Sasuke Retrieval arc. And I like, will correct there's you. There's some on good one. moments, but those are the only two good, like entire arcs. I will correct you on one arc. The the bridge where we get introduced to Zabuza and Haku. No, that, too long. Too, too long. long. That's that's exactly too long. Too long. It, too long. Too boring. I kid you. Go back and watch it. I watched it. Go back and watch it. it does and not. Like, it's like eighteen episodes of them sitting. Does in not the log. So and this is also carried over. And this is such a tangent, but who gives a shit? Who cares? Um, this this is also carries over <laughs> into rogues. Rogues do tie into Naruto. If if you want to play a rogue, just pick from Naruto, and you could probably make that character. This ties over in Shippuden, but like it's even worse, I think, in Shonen. All the goddamn flashbacks. The worst part about the bridge arc is yeah. it's literally flashbacking shit that happened the previous episode. Yeah. Well, because there's literally thing, nothing to flashback on. I I wish that they would just like keep Itachi like this hidden bad figure up until the very moment you find out he's good, instead of like little inklings like, oh, maybe he's not bad. Because you watch the flashback scene of the fucking wiping out of the Uchiha uh, clan, like, 
maybe 30 times, and you'd get, like, five seconds more information every fucking time. See, I, I remember watching that and being, like, my mind blown when finding out Itachi wasn't, like, this ass. <laughs> so, um, maybe I just... Oh, no, 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 not that, mind. not that. Uh, Kakashi... Kakashi's flashback when he was a kid with Minato and uh, Toby. Oh, oh, I see, I see. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Um, yeah, well, no, you get like five seconds extra information. So. Yeah. Bouncing no. back. I, I get that. Um, so, going back to rogues, we're almost done. <laughs> like I said, there but were some things to counter rogues, and it's charisma and wisdom, but wisdom up to level 15. At level 15, they gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. Cool. What does that mean? <laughs> that means fearful presence. They dragons. They stand right next to the paladin while, paladin while everyone else is freaking out. They fist bump and they go right into the fray. Wisdom saving throws, they gain proficiency in. Does that work with reliable talent? Uh, I don't yeah. think so. That's ability check. But um, still kind of nuts. Just a little bit. Um elusive level 18 at level 18 you are so elusive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand on you no attack rule against can be made with advantage against you okay cool sounds good when you do finally get to hit them the, the stars align your blade hits they take half damage you'll never get advantage on them if a rogue fought a rogue at high level neither could sneak attack each other that's kind of a cool thought to have <laughs> so uh, and then finally stroke of luck level 20 at 20th level you have an uncanny knack for succeeding when you need to if your attack misses a target within range you can turn the miss into a hit alternatively if you fail an ability check you can treat the d20 roll as a 20 you can use this feature once every short or long rest I mean, I know it's at 20th level, but you miss and you can just treat it as a 20. Yeah, well, it says it, it doesn't. If you miss, you can turn it into a hit. You just basically say, nah, I'm going to hit. But you could turn a skill check into a 20. So, okay. So, like, there's the balance. You're not going to crit on an attack. Okay, I was like, uh. But it's basically, like like I said, the DM's going to be like, nah. You, you know, never they, fail. They, they dodge you never you. fail. They dodge you like, nope. While he tries to dodge me, I kick him in his face while dropping my dagger, and it shoves it right up his face. It's like, oh, sure, you just took over my narrative? No problem. I guess that's what Stroke of Luck does. Yeah, it hits. <laughs> so, cool. I'll show you a stroke. The rogue <laughs> looks in the DM's eye. I am the captain now. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's rogue. Now that we've gone over how busted rogues are, let's go over to their busted-ass subclasses. <laughs> that's right. So, um, subclasses, uh, I've been talking a lot, and I need to take a drink boys take it from here go ahead Juan. So, i miss your sweet voice class. yeah you guys have just been doing so beautifully i figured i gotta come in and tangent but also we gotta get through this uh so <laughs> i've been just, just just hiding out in the back anyways uh my subclass uh the viewers don't know this but you guys do is the soul knife soul knife what? is dope as hell <laughs> what girl girl what um, also, Knife is a rogue that also happens to have psychic fucking powers. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. He fucks your brain. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, like that. <laughs> pushed him over. <laughs> pushed him over yep, the edge. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a rogue with uh, with psychic powers. It's pretty dope. So instead of it's like it's more of like a flavor for if you don't want to go like full arcane trickster, um, but you still want a little more pizzazz without being like fully magic rogue uh you can go with the soul knife essentially the highlights of it is you essentially get like a like a bardic inspiration dice um but it's specifically used for your psychic powers and so you get usually each ability you unlock as you level up you get like one free use out of it and then every time you want to use it again you got to expend one of your dice which increases as you level up my favorite part though is at level three um you get psychic blades which is uh fun as hell because uh the roleplay aspect of it is they disappear as soon as you you're done using them so you could just like walk into a room completely empty-handed just like minding your own business walk up to like your target and then stab them in the back with a psychic blade and then soul knife. 
Yeah, and then there's uh, <laughs> no evidence that it was you. So it's like they got stabbed, but there's no wound, no entry wound, exit wound. Um, they're just dead. Gentle and it's fist. Cool. Uh, you can also throw them. So it's like a free. So essentially, and then you just have unlimited ammo because it's just a psychic blade. Uh, eventually, when you level up, I think it's level 13. That's a lie. Level 9. It's pretty soon. Uh, oh, you can just oh. fucking teleport. You throw them, you can throw your psychic blade, and then you can just teleport there. Which Fuck is fun as hell. Though. Yeah, it's deadass. Back to the Naruto uh, yeah. comparisons. But I did, it's pretty dope. I told you, anything that you want to be, any person that you pick from Naruto, you can probably be if you play a rogue. They do kind of keep it somewhat fair, though. It's not like you can throw your blade 60 feet. But yeah, it's not like unlimited. You, you can't can actually just, like, teleport. it off the top of the mountain. You might actually be able to teleport more. How it works is, as a bonus action, you can manifest one of your psychic blades. Boom, now in your hand. Expend one psionic energy die and roll it. Uh, throw the blade in an unoccupied space. You can see up to number of feet away, equal to ten times the number roll. Jeez. Uh, you then teleport the space and the blade va vanishes. So, and what? Uh, what do you? Is it what die? Um, let me double check because it does not say. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So starting at level three, it's a D four. Level five, it's so D8. forty feet, eighty feet. Eleventh uh, level, ten feet, so hundred feet. Oh my god! And at seventeenth level, to D12. So um, if you roll oh a twelve, you can, roll, you can teleport up to one hundred and twenty feet as a bonus action on your turn. Though you only get you can clear like a dungeon. Maybe you get a day. It doesn't really say. I think it's long rest. It's probably not long rest because rogues are dumb. It's probably short rest. Okay, so you have a number of these Listen, equal to Drew. twice your proficiency bonus. Oh, so cool. if you're level like seventeen that. with a D <laughs> with a D twelve, what's my proficiency seventeen? Why um, why you get so heated by any broken classes? So you get <laughs> six. You get twelve of these dice by the Jesus. time you're uh, level seventeen, and they replenish. Often. You're pretty sure it's a short rest. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, just a long rest. But still, that's still 12 dice. It's cool. Um, and really, the Dang. only other thing you're going to use those dice for, other than teleporting, is to turn yourself invisible. And then you are also a walking uh, walkie-talkie. Like I said, first first use is always free, and then you have to reuse your dice after that. So, soul knives are dope. Oh, my other favorite thing, other than, you know, the teleporting and the daggers, and the is... Uh, you just brushed and the that like it was nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine. I'll, I'll get into that. Fine. It's yeah. not like so it's super level, useful. Level 13, um, as an action, not a bonus, uh, you can magically become invisible along with anything you're wearing or carrying. It works like regular invisibility, so essentially you can't do shit because the instant you do, the visibility ends. Uh, luckily, you get the like first one for free, so you could easily uh, turn invisible for free, and I, I think oh they God. flavor it like you are using your psychic powers to just make yourself not there. So like you're fucking with the people around you, like their perception through their brains. And so like- Oh, so you're almost, it's not like you're invisible, you just warp reality. Yeah, you're just like warping their perception, which is kind of dope. Um, first one's free. Anytime after that, you have to use, so let's say you turn invisible for free once, walk up to a dude, stab them, and then on your next turn, go invisible again and just leave. Oh. You, with your you, sciatic you, you, so you have like to use one dice in this scenario. Uh, but anyways, my other favorite thing is... On a sneak attack. It's called Psy Bolstered Knack. Um, essentially, if you are trying to do anything with... Um, well, I guess too specific. So if you fail an ability check using a tool or skill with which you have proficiency, which is a lot of things, as we went over as a yes, rogue, lots um, you can roll one psionic energy dice and then add that number to your check. So, and then it's flavored like, oh, let's say like you're picking a lock, the lock it breaks, uh, and you're like, you hold the pick together with like your psychic, like you can feel it breaking and you like use your telekinesis to like hold it together before like picking, like, so you can finish picking it. And that's pretty dope. Anyways, soul knives are cool. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's very... Uh, I was taking my drink. Do you want to go, Drew? <laughs> sure. I don't mind. Uh, so, uh, rogues are very cool, and they have a wide variety of things that they can take advantage of when they, you know, take their roguish archetype. I chose the thief. The reason for this, I'm a big Tolkien fan, and who doesn't like Bilbo Baggins, right? Or, you know, Bilbo Swaggins, as we like to call him. Uh, so... Thor wasn't a big fan. They have a wide variety of skills that make them... 
you know, really go into this thief burglar-esque character. Now this class might get a lot of shade because it doesn't have a lot of damage or it's not very like, it's very situational, but it's really cool, especially if you want to be that cat burglar type of character. So they get fast hands when they use a cunning action to dash, hide, or disengage. They can also use sleight of hand checks. You're just walking past someone, you slip their hands in their pockets, you gain advantage in this as well. It's very strong. Uh, second story work, you gain, you're able to climb faster than normal, so you no longer take the penalty to climb. You can do it at full speed. Also, when you make a running jump, the distance you cover increase up to the feet equal to your dexterity model. So it's pretty cool. They, they're, they're able to just be quick, fast, you know, it's kind of like that scene in Ant-Man where he just like hurry and jumps over the wall. I could have pulled from so many movies and that one came to mind. Doesn't matter. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, Supreme Sneak. You have advantage on dexterity stealth checks if you move no more than half your speed on the turn. So you're able to roll, you know, twice to take that and usually it's going to be in the 30s anyways after like level 9. Um, you're pretty much just trying to get an at 20. Exactly. That's all you're yeah, aiming that's for. Much, that's pretty much you're, doing. you're pretty much like, I wanted to like slip into the ether for a little bit and come back. Um, <laughs> and then the best thing about them, for combat purposes, they get these reflexes at level 17. You become adept at laying ambushes and quickly escaping danger. You can take two turns during the first round of any combat. You take your first turn at normal initiative and your second one minus 10 your initiative. So, um, this, it, you roll your dexterity, your initiative check, it's your dexterity modifier, so it's, it's going to be pretty big, and so you're probably going to go first, and then minus 10 from that, you're probably going to go right before the paladin or cleric. <laughs> so, you get to go twice, and it's, it's just a way to get those hits in and sneak away, and that's the whole thing it's built around, so... It's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool in my mind, uh, rogue archetype. So go ahead, Colin. Okay. Um, I'm glad that we all chose the three that I really like. <laughs> it makes it so I didn't have to choose one. <laughs> um, I went with I went with Arcane Trickster because that has, out of the two rogues I've played, this has been kind of my favorite because I like to take advantage of spells most of the time that enhance your ability, which is mostly what classes will do if you know how to use them, which, like you said, I I struggle sometimes. So this... Oh, this <laughs> so this class really kind of helps. Spells literally don't do anything except help them out. Uh, with Arcane Trickster, you get your spellcasting ability at third level. And one of the cool things at third level, you get Mage Hand Ledger Domain. And with that, you get to use your Mage Hand to stow one object the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature. So if you steal something and you need to get out of there, you can plant it on someone. That way, if you get checked, you don't have it. You nice. can retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature, so pickpocketing without even being by someone. And you can use your thieves' tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range with the mage hand. And it uses the dex check, like we said. It's, it's, bro it's broken. <laughs> your dex check is the most fucking broken, uh, especially if you use your sleight of hand with it. And the check is contested by the creature's wisdom save or a perception check. And it's a bonus action granted by your cunning action to con uh, control the hand. So you're also getting uh, oh, what did cunning action do? Drew, help me out. Yeah. Yeah. It, you could use your cunning action to hide, disengage, or um, hide. It's right here. I should look at it. <laughs> it's high disengage or dash, which lets you move double your movement speed. So, pretty cool. Yeah, so you can use which it with everyone can with do that. as a full action. Fun fact, but yep. rogues get it for bonus. As they bonus. get it as a bonus. Uh, so you can use your mage hand with the bonus action if you dip into hiding or something like that. So it just really plays in with the sneak. Then at ninth level, you get magical ambush. If you're hidden from a creature and you cast a spell, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against the spell. Luckily, you don't get advantage, or else it would be a sneak attack of a spell, and ooey. 
Yeah, I don't know if D&D has this feat, but Pathfinder does, where your spells can crit, so... <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, can you imagine uh, getting advantage on Fireball and critting, and it does like, this mass area effect? <laughs> It'd be kind of nuts. Again, Naruto, you just come out of the shadows, Itachi style, and just burn someone. Right. Man, and there are so many cool things that you can do that we didn't talk about with um, rogues. They get like the assassin, uh, they get the phantom, the swashbuckler. There's a ton of cool subclasses, and they're all strong. That's that's the thing. Like you could probably say thief, the one that I did was the least strong, but it's still very good. Um, and rogues are just cool, and there's a reason why they are strong. It's because of their class and that's why they're so popular um and should we go into what we would do for our characters see Alrighty. so for me i'm totally just plagiarizing and going right from tolkien um please don't come after me okay um but after I, I, i'm bored <laughs> i would like to see this happen <laughs> i will go to war okay with the tolkien family i mean Actually, they're I, already kicked I, I, I uh, but that's okay <laughs> i was gonna say they already picked the leader but here's the thing i would take like kind of the bilbo character who's just kind of living his life and gets swept up into this grand adventure and um because he's a halfling you know he's very short they need him to like sink into this palace but then like his party like stabs him in the back whatever takes the goods and like leaves him in jail so it'd kind of be like trying to hunt these guys down and like turn them in type of thing but he has like this big crime against him so like he's also a wanted man uh so it'd be kind of fun to play like the innocent thief yes he did the crime but he's trying to turn in the people who did it and so i don't know it it would be an interesting story but it, it's that's something i would do for my character i would play a halfling i'd be very shy stuff like that oh uh, mine i am just recycling my character let me always talk about good old brun he's a half wood elf who was trying to go back into the world to his father who left him there with his human mother and he is not the smartest but he was very intuitive and just kind of like sneaky he was one of those kids that was always climbing through the trees through like listening in on meetings with people that's how he knew his dad was royalty and he wanted to prove to him that he was worth like being looked at even though he was considered like an abomination in elven culture but um I know we always talk about it, but the reason why I say he's not the smartest is because he hid one of the most important ancient primordial primordial artifacts in his bumhole for how long? IRO. It was a long time. We were running the Elemental Crisis campaign, or Princes of the Apocalypse, and um, in the game, each of these like rulers of these factions, you have like the water and they have these like primordial gifts they're all like these ancient artifacts and they took out the water cultists pretty quickly like i'm pretty sure that was your first one down and yeah that's when we still had full party i think that was within like first month or two yeah and then like he got this artifact and they didn't know what it was and it was a very frustrating moment but I'm very glad that I kept it my, my, to myself because he just took it, like he said, he stored it in a spot. Because <laughs> well, we had to get through something or checkpoint yeah, that's somewhere. The thing. Like, you guys like got in, stole it, and got out of there essentially after like exploding a ship and stuff, a bunch of shenanigans. Um, but he, <laughs> go ahead, I'll let you. I think it was like six months, honestly. I think you were yeah, no, we were, we were deep, we were deep, deep into this campaign, and we had taken out three of the four factions, and we were heading to essentially one of the final confrontations in our our mind of what like what was happening. Right, and we had found the two weapons of the fire and the earth. And we had found the names of them as well. And I was sitting there and I'm pretty sure you were just watching me across the table while we were talking about these artifacts, like heavily for probably 15, 20 minutes. Uh And I'm sitting there like looking back over my notes and you just start to see the hamster wheel turn. And it's like when Channing Tatum is sitting there in 22 Jump Street and he like puts together that Jonah Hill slept with Ice Cube's daughter. (laughs) 
I was just like, oh shit! And Drew just looks at me and he he could tell I finally had figured out what was in my bum hole. I was just like, Drew, is what's in my butt? Does it have a, a, a marking of the water cult? He's just like, that it does. I was like, and the main priest who was at this place was using it, right? Yup. Yeah. Is it is it is it the artifact? And you're like, I'm not even gonna have your character roll. You you know. <laughs> <laughs> From feeling the magical aura in your asshole for months, you know that this is a primal. See, well, the thing that weapon. I think the thing that threw us off the most was we didn't fight a boss or anything like during it. Like we had infiltrated the their like temple because we were trying to gauge some information. Yeah, we just like and stumbled then, upon honestly, it. Honestly, we realized they were way too strong for us. And so we just decided to dip. I remember this session very clearly uh, because that's when Drew tried to kill my horse. <laughs> oh, we also, uh, we also managed a deception role that we were the captain of the ship. Yeah, so, so essentially we found this like smuggling ring um or whatever essentially we, we infiltrated we infiltrated a water cult uh and we just like bluffed our way through it somehow made it past you know pretty decent security um we made somehow it in into the place <laughs> so we so the thing is the prophet who would have been the boss we would have had to take it from after killing him didn't have it because we intercepted a shipment from like some smuggling ring that this cult was doing and so we we're like oh cool valuable gem and so colin was like all right cool put it in my prison pocket because we gotta go and we're probably gonna get searched because they know there's intruders um and then the only reason we got out alive was we had like what like three or four elementals on us and then like i somehow uh rolled really well and got everyone on my horse poor buddy was working overtime <laughs> yeah we uh, had like three people on your poor horse and the only one who wasn't on my horse was uh, Brayden. Because yeah. he's a fucking symbi broken Clintar. Uh, Venom, Venom character that he was playing who was causing a, a ruckus and was honestly probably covering he was I remember, I think I got shot. shot. I think my horse got shot with like a Bastilla or however yeah. you pronounce it. Ballista. Um, and I was so like Ballista and I was so like upset because I was like how dare you try and kill my horse you bastard. I'm the horseman <laughs> of death. <laughs> but because of like just like that the, the all of those shenanigans we found ourselves in, we weren't like, oh yeah, two and two, this is the fucking elemental weapon, because it wasn't until yeah, everyone the, else the next one we came in contact and snatch with. It from them. The next one we came in contact with was the air one, and I still remember that one, because um, it, it was written down in my notes that I ripped it out of uh, ripped it out of her hands, and she orgasmed to death like in Scott Pilgrim. Because <laughs> that's how Drew described it. And so, because there wasn't like some grandiose, like, I took it from the boss, we were all like, oh yeah, some random ass gem we found on a boat. Like, in, in we our defense. We were gonna get it appraised. We were gonna take it to a fucking merchant, get it appraised. You know we how thought fast it was something was getting smashed. smuggled for money. We didn't realize it was a fucking key to unlocking some Elder Tor. <laughs> it was. It, in our defense. And they, it was really, like, I say, it, it was a frustrating moment as a DM to keep it quiet, but I'm very glad I did because. Like Colin said, they he had this moment where he's like, okay, we have the fire one, we have the air one, we know the name of the earth one, and we know the name of the water one. Where's the water one? We took out the water one. What's oh, funny is that we were wait. waiting so long for, we were waiting, I think we were saving the, the water one for last because of how badly we got wrecked. Yeah, yeah dude, we tried to go back. I remember so, we tried to go yeah. back. Because we were like, oh, we still need to get their weapon because we don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, so we have to go back and fight their prophet. <laughs> and Drew's just sitting there, poker faced up. <laughs> Pretty sure you said the the one thing that started to get it ticking was you said something about it being lost when we went to try and re-infiltrate. Yeah, it and like it, we played it because I don't know if you remember this from the campaign, but the prophet had lost all of its primordial powers because you guys had the artifact. So you guys mm -hmm. actually ended up teaming up with him, Grimjaw, if you remember his name. Yeah, dude, that and, was that was my guy. And so like you guys, like yeah, we're enemies. You stuck in, stole it, and pretty much single-handedly by taking this gem, his source of powers, which was just sitting on his ship, where you guys like snuck into where he lived, um, <laughs> actually triggered the downfall of the Water Society. Uh, so it, it 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 was it was kind of. Why did he help us again? Why did we have he, to team up? I don't remember. He helped you guys because he you. We promised to find it. Well, it it there was a lot of things that went into it, but like you have to understand the exact opposites of that campaign hate each other. 
So like water and air get along just fine, but water and fire despise each other. So he was kind of like, hey, you know what? I My cult didn't succeed, but fuck those fire guys. We're taking them out right now <laughs> type of thing. And, so and he didn't know that we, the, we, we were the reason. empire. No, not at all. He had no clue. And I think we never guys, used it in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you guys just let him go. And like he just kind of went on his way. <laughs> so it, it was kind of an interesting thing. and half. Well, because we fought. We entered the planet and fought his god. But sure. we didn't like... We never fought them after that initial... I remember that. After that initial infiltration, we were so afraid of them, and the entire time behind the scenes, they were crumbling because they lost, like, the source of their power. They, yeah, they, like, <laughs> fell out of um, uh, favor of... Oh, freak. What's what's their name? I, the only you one started I can like me. is, like, Yancey Ben, and that's the air. Yeah, Yancey Ben's the only one I can remember. Yeah. But I remember we fought the water one, and yeah, I don't did. remember how we got out of that one, but we somehow survived yeah you guys you guys fought it and it was a long session that fight it took a long yeah. long time um and that was well, actually... I, I, I came into favor with that water god yeah it was i still slipped into madness but yeah <laughs> oh, that, that campaign was just a fun ride and i wish we would have like recorded it and like not even necessarily to release it but like it was so just fun. so i like, could like listen back yeah so like we could just like do best moments and stuff like that it, it was it was such a fun campaign and hopefully i'm hopefully we're going to be able to do that with parker's campaign i've been talking to him about it so but we'll save that news for later on don't you guys worry um Back to our characters. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Brun. That's Brun for you. Um, Juan, you want, you want to go? So mine is... Um, I keep forgetting that we haven't released the episode I recorded last week. I was like, I've done this already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mine is based off of an actual uh, character that I played in the past. It was a soul knife. Um, and his thing was that he, uh, it was very much like one of those like, oh, peculiar children sort of um, backstories where like he doesn't realize that he has powers. And then um, the long story short of it was he was abandoned by his noble father because he was noble and was like, oh, you concubine, I can't raise your kid. You were, I was just using you. Um, and so he um, starts to steal to support his mother, and then he gets caught red-handed by one of like the stall merchants. Um, I essentially imagine that he was from Riften, from, Sky, oh, nice. from Skyrim players out there, because I was yeah. like specifically picturing like the stalls when you have to like pickpocket the dude when you first get into the town. But it's <laughs> something like that. One of the shopkeepers catches him, and then in like a moment of because the shopkeeper's like, "Oh, I'm gonna like call the guards, and they're gonna cut your hands off." Like blah 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 blah, he like had like a burst of emotion and accidentally killed the shopkeeper with like his magical powers, and that's when he like realized, oh shit, like what the hell is wrong with me? Um, he gets taken in by a local thief who trains him, and then but also like uses him for his like dirty work. Um, so he like runs away from home with this thief because he's like, oh like I never want my mom to get in trouble for that guy that I killed because everyone knows that it's me. Um, and then eventually figures out, oh guy that is training me is also evil. Uh oh. I'm a terrible uh -oh. person. Um, <laughs> Big uh, I'm confused because I have weird thief daddy issues and then uh, turns the guy in because uh, he's kind of a narc and decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to stop being used by uh, and abandoned by powerful people. I'm going to be the powerful person. So he sets out to uh, start like a criminal network uh, sort of a thing, like a criminal mastermind empire dude, which is pretty cool. And he is a trained soul knife. And that is a... Uh, what the fuck was his name? Oh, I gave him a code word, which I was pretty proud of. Um, it's really funny, uh, the process that I used coming up with it, but he never told anyone his real name because he was always afraid of people figuring out and like tracing things back to his mom. And so like he cut off all contact, would like go like visit from afar and like leave her little things. So like, so she knew he was like still around, but like nice. was like so afraid of like the law coming down on her. But his code name that he would give everyone was Primark, which I think is such a cool- That is like name like oh like oh criminal you know mastermind that the guards are hunting down is this guy named primark we don't know anything about him uh i got that one because the night i was making the character i was sitting at my desk and i had a bunch of warhammer stuff set up for <laughs> uh for my warhammer fans you already know what i'm getting at um <laughs> just like i had like i specifically had bought the box for the leader of the faction I play in Warhammer. His name is Mortarian. And Mortarian is specifically the demon Primarch of Nurgle. That is his actual um, cool. title. 
because he's like the leader of the faction, is the most expensive model to run, and we can get into Warhammer later. But I was literally sitting there, I'm like, oh, what's this guy's code name? What's his code name? And I look up and I see the box for the model, and I just see the word Primark, and I was like, that's the name. That's awesome. And it would be super cool if you even like tied that in. You're like, I want Primark to be like part of Thieves Can't, you know? It's so, like they're like they're chasing Primark, which is like all the other thieves like know as part of like their language and, like a code it's pretty cool and you can think of i was gonna mention this earlier and i totally forgot but have you, have you guys seen this movie i'm gonna be pretty surprised if yeah but you guys are more uh, cinephiles than i am uh, this came out a while ago it's called quest of the delta knights i haven't even heard of it okay long long time ago i think came out in 1970 something um but in this movie it's all about like it's a typical trope this farm boy 1993 yeah so it's it's old okay maybe not 70s or anyways but they have it's pretty much like trying to say drew it's this pretty much a secret society right um where like uh this boy farm boy rises to greatness and like has destiny to hold ultimate power and wisdom anyways part of the secret organization these delta knights they how they greet each other to make sure that like they know the first person approaches them and says it'll be a nice day if it doesn't rain where the second person responds and goes it's always a nice day if it doesn't rain and then the first person says again as long as the sun is not too hot and at that point once that transaction is finalized they know that they are like unified with each other and that they're both delta knights so you can think of thieves can't similar to that like they're talking but it's all code it's pretty much like hey you're a delta knight let me key it's almost like axinac if for my programmers out there <laughs> hello hello let's have a conversation <laughs> okay also knows the third three-way handshake um, oh my god <laughs> that uh, sorry guys that's my life <laughs> oh my uh, but it, it's you can think of thieves can't similar to that um so it's like and it's just normal conversation but it's all secret meaning behind it so that's Dude, a, real that's quick Oh, thieves can't. I know we've tangented a lot. This is like a five-second break-off. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like, cool. Go for it. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't sound enthused. Yeah, fuck you, Colin. <laughs> um, I had a player once literally give me, I'd say, like six pages worth of a dictionary. They came up of thieves can't. They're like, you have to learn this because I'm going to drop Jeez. it in the middle of the campaign and you need to know. I was like... Okay, so I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna fucking do any of that. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, I'm very impressed that you did this, but no. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I am not remembering this, nor will I keep it on me while I'm what I'm doing, because you guys have played with me. I don't write down my story. I know some of the people that hear this are probably gonna think I'm a lunatic, which I am. But. <laughs> well, they're like, right. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, Congratulations, you now know me. <laughs> like, 80% of my story is by the seam of my pants, and I just kind of write down notes as I go. That's crazy. Not the DM part, but, like, the dictionary part. I would have said the same thing. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> Good for you. I am so sorry you took the time to do this, but, yeah, no. It's cool. I'll, like, put it on my, like, D&D collection if you want me to keep it, because that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Never will I ever. Yeah, so those are our characters. A lot of tangents, but really fun stuff. Rogue can trigger a whole bunch of stuff. Um, going into the lore, I'm not going to focus a whole bunch on this. Mostly just want to talk about our Rogue of the Week, and that is Ghost Assassin, right? You guys, I talked to you about this last week, and it is very, adult. very hard. So no one knows who Ghost is because they can't actually find out who this soul is is that's the whole point of it like it's basically this being that is this that takes the appearance of this crippled old man and assassinates people how do they do this as a crippled old man let me tell you so back in second edition and this comes from their source and their formats and their stories this um person named as ghost had possessions called the girafu now, the Girafu is this ancient evil artifact that consisted of a golden-edged mirror, a chain, and a, pa- a pair of mismatching gloves, one white, the other black. Oh, horcruxes. Pretty much. So basically what these, what these were capable of doing was switching souls with the person. 
you turn the mirror, you look into the mirror, you wrap the chain around them. Using both gloves, you touch one shoulder, you swap bodies. <clears throat> so, Ghost would hop into their body, and they would hop into this crippled old man, and then Ghost would kill them in his previous body. To make things even interesting, um, if Ghost didn't want to keep this body, he would use his ring of regeneration and heal his previous host and then swap back. Now, what's crazy, and this took the adventures a long time to hunt Ghost down, was because there was no sign of struggle, there was no exit wound, there was no psychic damage, there was no nothing on this body he left behind. Just the, this body dropped dead. They could assume a heart attack, but if they did, you know, um, whatever it's called, a biopsy, an autopsy, <laughs> uh, they, they wouldn't see anything like that. Just the body, the soul was gone and killed and went to the ether or wherever. And so no one knows where Ghost actually came from. They assume when he died, eventually there was like a red dragon that helped out and a couple wizards actually tracked him down. Um, they assumed he was about 300 to 1,000 years old. That was the time frame that they gave him, and no one knows what he gender he was. I say he because he inhabited a, a decrepit old man. Um, but, like, they didn't know sex, they didn't know race, they didn't know anything. Just a soul that was hijacking bodies and then killing them when they went into his own body. Super, super dark. And that's the thing, like he could just essentially live forever. If he liked a host, he'd just swap bodies with someone new and be like, okay, I'm gonna rock this little meat, this meat closet for a little bit, this meat coat, <laughs> and then hop into a different one whenever I want. So it, it's, it would be very, very interesting. Like I said this last time, but I think it would be very fun to run a one shot or like just a side quest where the gear food comes up and like one of your characters gets their soul swapped with like maybe the barista or something and it's so like she's now in his body running around as this renowned adventurer oh. and he's stuck in the bar like no that's me that's me kind of like freaky friday from little dicky you know and chris brown that music video what? that's exactly how it'd be that'd be very very fun um but that's our rogue for the week our character for the week which is just ghost which is super super cool um Alrighty, one. It's all yours, big boy. Take it away. You both get one question. Uh, um, the the uh, the hint is um, they are from a major property. That's all you get. Major property. Animated or non-animated? Both. Okay, Colin. I'm gonna let you take a guess because I I know what it is. Um, you said it's from a big property. Yeah, like you know Texas, California. <laughs> big I was thinking more like a mansion or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are they from Marvel? No. Uh, we'll go with the Mandalorian. R2-D2. Yep, there it is. The <laughs> perfect rogue. The perfect Sneak rogue. Sneak attacking people, picking walks, a.k.a. doing his little, uh, essentially his little penis thing in the doors. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just know what stick it in a twist. Yeah, uh, stick it in a twist. twist. That's, that's picking a walk. That's very roguelike. His beeps, can his, he, he's beeps that people can understand is clearly thieves can't. Have you seen that video? And he can communicate pretty much telepathically. <laughs> Where he's like, where it's like, I'm in my girl's ear, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be yeah. a friend of mine, I'm in my girl's ear, like. <laughs> <laughs> the R2-DT scream. Oh, that's so freaking funny. Uh, but yeah, that is, a, that is a great example of R2-DT. I remember from last time, so like, I feel dirty taking the point, but I need it. Colin and me are now tied. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the more I thought about R2-D2, the No, I think you're, like, up, you're up by one now. Oh, am I? Uh-huh. Well, I haven't been keeping count. I thought you were both at zero. <laughs> no, because I got one. We were both at one. I got okay. the fighter at Achilles one. All right, let me write this down. So Drew is at two points. I'm at one. Is that one? You suck, Colin. <laughs> and we have three characters left, so... Anyone's I'm gonna game. get all three, dog. Any, anyone's game. Um, but this this was an excellent episode of Beyond the Board. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. We have a lot of things coming up in store. Like Juan said, we have three characters left, meaning three episodes left total. Um, and we will talk about that in a future episode. But stay tuned. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. We gotta oh, shout out someone from our social medias real quick because I promised them. Oh, go for it. 
Take it away, dude. Uh, a shout out to Joseph Rayburn. Uh, they've been friends with all of us for a pretty long time. They've just been super supportive of the podcast. Just wanted to shout him out and let him know we love him. Oh, shout out Joseph. Hey, I was just Snapchatting him not too long ago. Wow, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph. Really, love you, speakers. Really, really appreciate it. What a G. He, he is yeah, a G. no, he's he's been messaging me about it since, like, day one. Oh. Literally from the very first episode was like, hey, tell Drew to fix his mic. <laughs> <laughs> a perfect um, critique. I he, love you. He, he's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> but there's also him. I haven't talked to him since, but um, Colin Chow. Or Colin Chow. <laughs> Brian Chow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, he's been a Al also guy. reached out and was like, tell Drew to fix his mic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're here, fellas. We made it. I so many people that were giving me shit for your mic issues. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of it too. <laughs> They're like, Juan, you know better. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not in the room with him. I'm at my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We, it, has gotten, it has gotten better. Um, but please stay tuned. We've got so much coming in the works. And uh, thank you guys so much for giving us a listen. And have a good... Oh, before I end this, shout out to Patty Knox. He is working on a new mix for us. The boys don't even know this yet. And so, oh, shit. It is specifically made for Beyond the Board intro, outro, and background music. We have his own music that he's given us to use right now, but this one is specifically tutored to our needs. Patty Knox, you are a G. Thank you so much, guys. Check him out on uh, SoundCloud. It'll help him so much. Help us. Help him. Help you guys. Alrighty, have a great night, everyone. See you next time. Bye. I love you. Oh, yeah.